Well, it seems as if uh, most people in the world around us today are familiar with the saying, Jesus is the reason for the season. But in reality, we know that most people in the world around us today uh, really don't make the celebration of Christmas too much about Jesus at all. But as we gather here this morning on this day before Christmas Eve 2018, it's our last chance of the year to talk about and to focus our minds on the true reason that we can celebrate every day all year long. And that is in the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that unto us a child was born. So this morning we will take a look at some scriptures that will take us back in time to a night that was without question the most amazing night in all of history. Now we know that the night that Jesus was born was not uh, a night in December, but the joyous occasion that we remember all year long is that our Savior was born. God became flesh and dwelt among us. For the born-again person, that is for that person that bases their life entirely on Jesus all day, every day, all year long, right? To celebrate Jesus is nothing out of the ordinary for that person because that's what a born-again Christian person does anyway. But it's good for us to always be reminded of what God did to draw near to mankind. And the way that I am going to focus our minds on the Lord this morning is by taking you through through some scriptures and expounding on them just a little bit. So please go ahead and open up your Bibles to the first book of the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew. And we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 1. And we'll be starting down in verse 18 right now. So Matthew chapter 1. And reading down in verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So here we see a very important fact regarding the birth of our Lord and Savior. His mother Mary was engaged to a man named Joseph, and she was now pregnant. And this was a very peculiar thing since it says here that she was found with child before they came together. Now, that might not be peculiar in our day and age and the way people live today, uh, unfortunately, but with Joseph and Mary, with Mary specifically here, well, really with the both of them, uh, that was a very peculiar thing, that she was found with child before they came together. And as we talk more about the birth of Jesus Christ, I really want us to get the full picture of the story. So I'm going to be jumping back and forth a little bit between scriptures today. So go ahead and keep your finger here in Matthew and turn to the Gospel of Luke. It's 
to the right of Matthew, just after the Gospel of Mark. So you have Matthew, Mark, and then the Gospel of Luke. And I want you to turn to Luke chapter 1. And we're going to look down and start reading in verse 26. So Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. Now in the sixth month, it says, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So we see here that this is how Mary became pregnant. She was perplexed as to how this would happen since she had never intimately been with a man. But the angel Gabriel explained to her how it would take place. The Holy Spirit came upon her and the power of the highest overshadowed her. And as a result of this, the Son of God was in her womb. Now, go ahead and turn back to Matthew chapter 1. And I want to read verse 18 again, but I'm also going to read verse 19 this time. So, back in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So Joseph now wants to call this whole thing off. He knew that he had walked in his integrity and had never touched Mary. So Joseph here was probably pretty crushed, to say the least, and he wanted to, to, to find a way just to call this whole engagement off. And then verse 20 says, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So now an angel of the Lord here gives Joseph a totally different perspective on the situation. 
And there in verse, verse 21, we see the purpose for the birth of Jesus Christ. Do you see it? He came for the purpose of salvation. Like I quoted earlier, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whom, whomever, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So as we, re we remember the, the birth of Jesus, we, we must do so with the knowledge that the reason he came to the earth was to save us from our sins. So when we say Jesus is the reason for the season, we can really say that salvation is the reason for the season. Well, salvation is the reason for Jesus. He did not come to establish a religion or religions upon religions as we have today. He did not come to establish a holiday, a day for people to become extremely materialistic. He came to seek and to save those that were lost. And the lost is every one of us. Jesus came because we needed a Savior. And that's the reason for the season. Our salvation. But let's keep going here. Look at verse 22 here in Matthew. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So here's another fact regarding the birth of Jesus. He came as God in human flesh. He was Emmanuel. God with us. The scripture here does not say that Jesus was a good person with us or a new religious leader with us. Just another option for a person to believe in. God wasn't saying, hey, if you want, you can believe in this man, that man, this God, that God. Or if you, you want, you can believe in nothing at all. I'm just giving you another option here. With Jesus. No, that's not what God was doing here. That's not the story. God Himself was giving us Himself and giving, uh, giving to us the way that we could walk with Him again, have fellowship with Him again, the God of all creation. Jesus, when he was upon the earth, was not merely a man that spoke about God, nor was he a man that became a God, per se. He is God that became a man. The God of all creation took on human flesh and dwelt among us. And again, for our salvation, he did so. Let's read on here. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son 
and he called his name Jesus. So in spite of how difficult this was for Joseph, we see here that he was obedient to the angel of the Lord, and he continued to walk in integrity toward his bride-to-be. Now, let's turn back again to the Gospel of Luke. I should have told you to mark that when we were there, but Luke chapter 2 this time. And we'll start reading in verse 1. So Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. And it came to pass, it says, in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee and out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. You see, it's amazing that the God of all creation became flesh and dwelt among us, but he didn't come as a conquering king or as a high and mighty prestigious leader. He came as a baby, born in a stable, out in the back of an inn that had no room for him on the inside. And his birth was proclaimed first to a lowly group of shepherds. The shepherds were considered outcast in that day. And the good tidings of great joy was proclaimed to them. And the good news that the angels proclaimed to the shepherds was good news that was for all people, as it says there. It wasn't just a select few. It wasn't just for the religious folk or for the holier than thou's. Jesus loves the outcast. Have you ever felt like one? Have you ever felt like this life just doesn't go your way? You see, we must understand the beauty and the power of God's gift to us. I won't have you turn there, but listen carefully to this. In the book of Romans, chapter 5 and verse 8, it says that God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, the message of God's love for us in Jesus Christ was for all people. And again, it was first proclaimed to a, a lowly bunch of shepherds. 
You see, later on, as Jesus grew into manhood, religion would reject him and ultimately put him to death. But the shepherds here are receiving the glad tidings. And there in verse 12, the angel continues to speak to them. And it says, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see that thing that has come or this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. So the shepherds now heard this wonderful news from the angels and they ran quickly to where Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus were. And verse 17 says, Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. So you see, the shepherds didn't keep this news to themselves. Instead, they made it widely known. When it came to the good news of Jesus, the shepherds were the first preachers, the first evangelists, and the first missionaries. God used a group of people that everyone despised to do the greatest work of all time, and that is to spread the good tidings of great joy. And today, nothing has changed. The Lord Jesus is still offering His peace to all that will receive it. You can have peace with God. Prior to Jesus going to his death on the cross, he was comforting his disciples. And he told them, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. See, we don't have to have a troubled heart. We don't have to be afraid. Sure, things happen in this life. Circumstances happen in this life that cause us to feel troubled or feel afraid or maybe get anxiety or this or that. But we can have great joy in the fact that we have eternal life. We have a hope and a future in Jesus Christ. And if we fix our eyes on Jesus and we keep our minds on where we're going, not where we are, we can have peace and joy. And the peace that Christ, our Savior, brings to this world, what he's offering to this world, is an internal peace and an eternal peace. It's a peace that we have in our hearts because we've come to a place where we've surrendered our lives to Jesus Christ. And by his Holy Spirit, he comes in and he takes up residence in our hearts. And we then begin to walk with God and to have fellowship with God and to focus on things that are of God and not, are, not on things that are of this world. Jesus came to redeem us out of this world. That's the message of Christmas as well. 
you see the story is much more detailed than I will go into you with here this morning. And I'm really just giving you a very short teaching here this morning. But Jesus came to give us peace. Peace with God. He came to give us hope, a hope and a future. He came to give us joy. Not, not happiness that is based on circumstances, but joy. That we have eternal life. That we're loved by God. And He has a plan for us. You see the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel prophesying of what Jesus would do said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And again, that is why Jesus is the reason for the season. We need a heart transplant. We need our hearts to be changed, to be renewed. We need a Savior to save us from our sin. Sin destroys us from the outside in, but Jesus makes us new from the inside out. The question is, what do we do with this good news, this, these good tidings? about the birth of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to us? What does it mean to you? Verses 18 and 19 here say, And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. This was a most amazing night. Mary, such a young girl now has a baby to raise, but she will do so with the help of a faithful husband and God's favor upon her as well. The people marveled and Mary wondered, what lie ahead? What does the future hold? What else does God have planned for this baby boy? Verse 20, then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And you know, this morning, as we prepare our hearts to, to celebrate this season, we celebrate Christmas, I encourage you to take the time to ponder the truth about Jesus in your own heart. Because if I ask you what Christmas really means to you, it's not a question that really matters unless you're considering and you're pondering in your heart what Jesus means to you and what God's gift to this world means to you. And keep in mind that this baby grew to be a man, a man that would suffer and die for the sin of the world for your sin and for my sin, for the sin of the world, right? For everyone. And you can find out more about Jesus if you'll just begin to read your Bible. And if you don't know where to start, I'd advise you to go start with the Gospel of John and find out about Jesus. But as you begin to place your eyes, the eyes of your heart upon Jesus, 
you will find that much like these shepherds, you will begin to glorify and praise God for all the things that your heart will begin to hear and to see. See, something new will take place in you. God's going to take out that hard heart and He's going to turn you into something different. But He can't do it until you turn to Him. Maybe you live your everyday life today where it's all about you. And maybe Christmas to you is just all about getting gifts and giving gifts. It's all about the materialism, right? And maybe for you, Christmas is a time where life can be even more all about you and what you get and what you do, right? Unfortunately, it's become a very materialistic time of the year. I say unfortunately because the true reason for the season is often often neglected. And for many of for many people it's a very depressing time of year because they never have come to know the real reason for the season. It's about their traditions. It's you know it's 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 all about their selfishness. Christmas really isn't about what you do for you, how you make yourself feel good, nor is it really about what, you know, this world has made it about today, right? Christmas is really all about what God has done for you and for me to redeem us unto himself. God wants us to receive today the great gift that he has given to us, and that is the gift of eternal life, everlasting life. With all the things that Christmas has become, some things good and some things not so good, it is ever so important that we do not miss the truth behind the day. The truth is, is that we needed a Savior. If you ever expect to have eternal life with God, your Creator, then there is only one way to be in right standing with Him. And the way is through Jesus Christ. This may surprise you to hear someone coming from my position to say something like this, but Christmas, as far as an earthly celebration goes, really isn't all that important to me. Because I celebrate and I talk about the reason for the season every day of my life in one way, shape, or form. The true reason for Christmas is my everyday life because I've come to salvation and I've come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and I choose to focus my life on Him. Many years ago, I received the gift of all gifts, the gift that made all other gifts pale in comparison. I realized my wretchedness and my need for a Savior. I realized that I am a sinner in need of a Savior, and I came to understand that God already knows about me, and that is that I can't do it without Him. So God gave us all a gift. The gift of His love was all wrapped up in a manger. Emmanuel, God 
with us was born upon the earth and he grew up to pay the price for the sin of the world, for your sin and mine. The gift is received. The gift is opened, if you will, only when you open the in of your heart and you make room for Jesus. The way you do that is through repentance, which simply means you turn your life over unto him. You take your eyes off of this world, you take your eyes off of yourself, and you put your eyes completely upon Him. You give the control of your life totally over to Him. Then, like the shepherds, you will have something to celebrate. You can begin a life where you glorify and praise God in your life. And you have a life of peace and a life of joy because you know you have a hope and a future in Him. Today you can decide in your heart to change your reason for the season. Let it be an everyday event that you celebrate the birth of Jesus, the gift of Jesus because you have Christ in your heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for this day, Lord, an opportunity just to open up your word and to see the truth. Your word is truth, Lord. We know, Lord, that apart from you, we can do nothing. And I pray for those that will watch this video, that will listen to this audio recording, Lord, that if they don't know you, if they haven't come to that place of realizing all that you have done for this world, the gift that you have given, if they, have, if they haven't opened the greatest present of all by opening their hearts to Jesus Christ, I pray, God, that they will do that at this time. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Lord, that you have not left us comfortless. You've not left us alone. You've given us of your Holy Spirit to lead and guide us through this life, God. We just pray, God, your will to be done in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.